I'm Eli Smith, and I don't cry at movies, but I want to. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I cry at movies all the time. It is now my job to make Eli cry at movies. From best pictures... And purely nostalgia. This is... Live and let cry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live and Let Cry, a monthly podcast maxi-series to find a movie to make Eli Smith cry. I'm Cody Lunsford. Today on the show, we'll be discussing the smash hit of 2020, Hamilton. Uh, but before that, let's say hello to Mr. Dry Eyes, Eli Smith. Hello. Hey, folks. It's me, the cry guy. Uh, <laughs> or or uh, The not cry guy, I guess. The not cry guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did we do a cry guy bit on the last episode where I we talked about so. him like being in Mario? I don't um, think so. <laughs> but we I'm do record do a month either. apart, so <laughs> I I truly don't remember anything we talked about in the I, last one. I don't either. So if I didn't, I'm going to just leave everybody with this this great comedic thought of mm-hmm. what if it was Shy Guy from Mario, but he cried instead. And now everyone's laughing, and it's a uh-huh. great I <laughs> mean, if, of the show. <laughs> if we forgot, surely the listeners forgot too. So I'm sure it's <laughs> right, really funny. Right, right. Oh, so how are you, Eli? I'm doing pretty great. Um, have not cried in the last month um, mm-hmm. due to mo- movies or due to anything <laughs> in the world. So right. my eyes are still pretty dry. How about you? I have been uh, probably constantly on the verge of tears for the past <laughs> month, <laughs> just at a constant state, because I'm moving and mm-hmm. unemployed, and it's stressful and all of that, but I find solace in uh, being able to watch movies and talk about them on podcast. Um, I've I've enjoyed listening to your podcast this month, where you guys have been covering uh, shark-related films. Shark cinema. You know there's, oh, what is it called? There's some kind of shark show where they were like skateboarders or, right. or action heroes. sharks? <laughs> they were, yeah, I'll look it up later. It's it's some kind of 90s, like, extreme shark show. Are they real sharks um, on skateboards or are they, like, people? I mean, I think they're like they're cartoon. They're like cartoon. They're like mutated. Like they're like teenage. They're they've got legs and arms. This sounds incredible. Why am I not watching it right now? Yeah, well, because that show's not going to make you cry, Eli, and That's that is true. the point of this show. Um, it might. So though. we. <laughs> it it could. What if you're just like you're just like crying at the beauty be of the just sharks in extreme environments. Um, so we decided to talk about Hamilton because, uh, everybody was talking about Hamilton and we were like, what about us? Mm -hmm. Um, have, had you, obviously you hadn't seen Hamilton before because, um, I don't, you don't live in New York and you're not, unless I I have missed something, you, you're not like, like ridiculously wealthy and could buy tickets for a grand a piece. Um, but but ha- have you had any kind of other experience with Hamilton, the musical, or anything like that? Um, when it first sort of entered the mainstream conversation, I downloaded the soundtrack and listened through it. Um, right. But and, and enjoyed it and was like, this is fun. Like, I would like to see this. It seems fun. But I, mm-hmm. I didn't really follow a lot of what was happening. Like, everyone says you can you can listen through it and get the plot, which you can because it's all sung 
but also yes. it's very fast and right. when you don't have visuals to hold your attention it's very hard to know what's going on so it was mostly new to me other than some of the melodies i recognized right interesting i so so it it was really hitting its zenith like 2015 into 2016 which is when i was still in college and mm-hmm. i was minoring in theater and i was taking some of my final theater classes during that time frame which means it was maybe the biggest thing in the entire world because of the people that i was hanging out around yeah. um theater kids loved it so i got the cast album and i listened to it a lot and i approached it like a podcast, like a scripted podcast of sorts, where I was like driving home, which was uh, like a two and a half hour drive, perfect length for the show. And would just, I listened to it front to back. And Mm -hmm. because I was like focused on driving and nothing else, I was able to like really get it. And so, you know, spoiler alert to whether I cried or not. I cried during that first listen through because <laughs> I was like, wow, first this is a time? really well-told story. Wow. Yes, definitely. This is why we are doing this podcast. We <laughs> this is exactly very why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I was able to like really picture the story and mm-hmm. it really like grabbed me and I was, uh, really got me emotionally involved. Um, I then introduced it to as many people as I could which was not many but i you know i got um other people on board try to listen to it with them then i would just listen to songs periodically and then it was like 2017 and i was like all right (laughs) like i've listened to this for a while time to move on to something else but i was really excited when there was the announcement that disney said they were gonna we're gonna show hamilton in theaters and then uh theaters were like hmm what if we didn't exist anymore <laughs> yeah theater theaters were like you know what would be cool if we just took a break for a little bit um yeah. and then the announcement was for disney plus and i was like okay this is actually incredible i would have loved to go and watch it just at like my local megaplex because mm-hmm. i think that would have been a really cool experience to see it with a crowd but also i think it's really cool it became so accessible to literally anyone who wanted to pay eight dollars for that and baby yoda um yeah (laughs) the two most important things on disney plus so Mm -hmm. um i i I was really into it i i was so into it that i also have this book i think it's called hamilton the revolution or something but it's basically like lin-manuel miranda went through and like annotated lines Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and so I own that, which is where I learned that like, there's a last five years reference. There's a, my brother, my brother and me reference, all of that stuff I found in there, which I was like, definitely, uh, losing my mind over. So I was a giant dork about Mm. it. Um, but then we were both, we, we were all able to watch it this month. And so what are, what are, what are kind of your first thoughts of the, of the filmed version? Um, the film version, I thought it was incredibly well done. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was maybe the best of that type of thing I've seen in terms of just execution. Um, uh, l- let's pause and list every filmed uh, <laughs> production we've seen because <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I know of one we've watched together. Or no, you didn't actually end up being able to, oh, but you watched it you... not long after I did. <laughs> are Shrek you talking the musical? Shrek the musical, yeah. Hey, Shrek also pretty well done. <laughs> Um, pretty well done i i don't know i know i've seen multiple filmed stage productions like this but i i can't think i think i've seen a lot of 
cats. Um, oh, I, I haven't watched I the whole thing all the way through, but I, I went on a YouTube spree and watched a lot of it. <laughs> um, not as well done. Right, right, right. What about you? So, so Nickelodeon did the SpongeBob musical. They aired mm. that, and then that was able to access, which I was really excited about. I saw Into the Woods. There's a pretty famous filmed version of that, but that one, it ha- like is pretty much point and shoot at the stage. Yeah. Um, whereas Shrek and SpongeBob will kind of like move around and play with some stuff. Um, but it doesn't happen all that often. And I kind of wish that it did, especially after seeing it happen. But yeah, it's, it's easily the best for me, but that's often yeah. because a lot of the really great ones are either we're never going to show this or we'll wait 20 years until Wicked gets delayed again, and then it becomes 23 years. I mean, yeah. they've been trying to make Wicked forever. Um, but I love theater, and you know, being able to see it is really cool. You, you're a big theater fan as well, would you say? Yeah, I would say so. I w- when I was in high school, I was very, very into it, and uh, have not that hasn't sustained that momentum as much to my mm-hmm. current place in life. But I, I still very much enjoy theater. Right. I mean, part of it is it's hard to go to, especially in right. the areas where we live, unless you want to go to high school productions or maybe Which college if you're lucky. Sometimes fun, but I mean, some sometimes of them are fun. really well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So so it's I, I agree. It's it, it's really well done. I think mm-hmm. the way that it is filmed makes it compelling you you never lose that it's a stage show, but it also feels like a good movie. It doesn't feel like a point and shoot yeah. um, kind of thing. Um, what what were some highlights for you? I enjoyed anytime the king was on stage. I think that's a. I'm I'm currently like catching up to what the the popular things that people say about Hamilton are because even <laughs> right. though I did listen to it like a couple of years ago, I haven't right. really paid that much ad- attention to the discourse about it so i'm i'm just now learning like what everyone's favorite parts and stuff like that are so, right, right but right, right. um i thought jonathan groff was wonderful um i thought the i think the songs i like best were in the first act as opposed to the second act um i agree with you the first act i think is better but that's almost because it's more fun, whereas the yeah. second act is like, mm, <laughs> everything's going to go pretty bad. Right. Well, nothing uh, really happens in the first act. I mean, stuff happens, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's it's very weird. It's a very weird uh, phenomenon because it is a biopic that is a musical, a stage musical. Yes. And well, I've never really seen anything like it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's also the type of biopic that I normally hate, where it right. covers too much of a person's life. I normally like it being centered on one event, but for whatever reason, because it feels like it's moving fast and it's pretty high energy, yeah. it, it, it's not as bad to me. But yeah, it's it's a lot of things that like shouldn't work, because they are just telling you what's happening, mm-hmm. um, which happens in a lot of musicals, but still, it is literally like, I am now going to Congress. I am, <laughs> you know, like there's there's lines like that. Um, but I would agree that the first act is the stronger act. Um, well, I don't even know if I think I liked it better. I think I just like the songs better in the first oh, act. Oh, interesting. But honestly, okay. b- at the end of the first act, I was like, this is pretty good. But like, I, d- yeah. I don't really, I don't really know what this is. Like, it's a bunch of songs right. and I enjoy the songs. 
but like I was like, is this is it really just gonna go through his life? And like, there's not really even a much of a story here. It's just like some history. And then the second act, like that's not the case at all. Like I I feel like it clicked for me like what it actually was. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really kind of unifies as a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of that is the dual roles. You know, you have people yeah. in the beginning who are playing different characters in the second, um, which is really cool. I think all the actors are... I think most of the actors are really, really good. And Okay, yeah, <laughs> I, I want to talk about that because on your podcast, Best Pictures, uh, you guys mm, all seem heard of it. to agree that Lin-Manuel is not the best. Like, not bad, but, like, your least favorite performance. Is that fair to say? Yes, that is fair to say. I think he is a genius because he wrote Hamilton, and he's good at right. songs. But I think it, it's kind of weird. Um, but, I, yeah, I thought he was the weakest performance in the in the musical. Maybe. I just think... I think that may be true now that I think about it, but it's really only because everyone else is so great. I really think he's good. I think he's better than you guys were giving him credit for. Oh, I am a positive about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because and I, I because like his singing voice too. Like he's not as strong of a vocalist, but I still right. like the way he delivers the lines that he's written because mm-hmm. he. You could tell like every line of this, he knew how it was going to sound in his head when he was writing yeah. it. And I, I just can't really imagine anyone else. I mean, I know other actors have played the role and done a great job from what I hear, but. Right. I um I also think he's really good at, at rapping, but I think wh- what mm-hmm. you said is right is when you get maybe some of the most talented, maybe arguably the most, I don't know, I'm not going to fully put my foot in the mouth, but one of the most talented cast ever assembled, <laughs> like for any, like it's, it's, it's a murderer's row of talent honestly right. like everyone is good everyone could break off and do their own things and be pretty huge and um so he just seems a little weaker in comparison and i don't and it's one of those weird things where i don't even know that it's fully his thought i just think fault um said that word weird i think <laughs> it's um a little bit more that He's playing it big, which you do in wow. theaters, but in the in the kind of film thing, it seemed like everybody else was kind of able to match like camera performance and he was still very, very big. Um Yeah. But, you know, he's still a genius who wrote Hamilton. I haven't done that yet. So <laughs> I think there's something very interesting. I just like his stage presence. He has this weird way of standing to where he <laughs> I can't describe it, but he almost looks like he's like kind of slumping his shoulders when he's just kind of standing there and like he's not he's not doing anything specific at all. But like he still is commanding the stage somehow. And it's so bizarre to me. I think I think part of it is just I listened to you guys talk about it before I watched it. And so I probably had lower expectations for him. And then I was like, what are they talking about? He's great. (laughs) But right, right, right. Um, yeah, I think, um, also if you like watch him in interviews and he's just one of the nerdiest people alive, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of, he just has like kind of this knowledge and stuff and he comes off as a little dorky, but that's not like bad. Like I come off as very dorky. Yeah, I'm sure. I would argue it's good. Um, 
<laughs> to an extent. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is good to an extent. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we really want to touch until we get, like, I think it's time to get into the meat of, like... Well, yes, let me say this one thing, because um, okay. you mentioned earlier in the second act the, the dual um, roles, and uh, something about when Thomas Jefferson appears on stage, mm-hmm. I have no idea why I felt as excited as I did. Um, I think I mean that <laughs> right. I think that's the best performance in my opinion. Um, oh, David Diggs, yeah, yeah he's absolutely. so good. And but like right. for some reason, w- I think it was a combination of just the audience reacting and uh, me being like, oh, that guy was in the first act, but now he's going to be a bigger <laughs> part in this. Like I liked him in the first act. I was like, I thought he was a bigger part of this, and then I saw I was like, oh, he's Thomas Jefferson. That rules. Um, <laughs> right. I just can't explain why that made me feel so excited. But I was like about to stand up and start clapping <laughs> along with the audience. And like he was like my favorite actor of all time. Like I I don't really have any connection to him. But I mean, I, I think that just shows you David Diggs as a star. The fact that he just like yeah. strolls out. And I think it's also like when he's Lafayette, he has that like French accent. And now mm-hmm. he's Thomas Jefferson. Like it's, it's a it, like a huge flip of our performance, which is yeah. like really cool. Um, and yeah, has a, has a huge role in the second act. Um, no, I get it. There were, I was watching it with my, uh, wife and my in-laws and, um, they, they had my, my in-laws had no context for it and they were like clapping after every <laughs> song when the audience clapped, they were like really into it. It really, it really like does bring you in like that. Yeah. Um, I watched it alone. So <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's going to be slightly different. I was still into it though. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we've talked about it quite a bit, but you know, all that stuff doesn't matter for this podcast because what we're focused no. for on this podcast is whether or not we cry. So I want to talk about, let's try and, we did this for the notebook episode and I think it uh, is kind of a good way to kind of just like um, narrow things down. What would you say are kind of the cry points of this movie? When are you kind of expecting the audience to cry? When, uh, yeah, those kind of moments. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say this because I, I don't think I can talk about this without just going ahead and uh, saying it. I'm going to announce right. whether or not there will be a third episode of Live and Let Cry. <laughs> there will right. be. I did not cry in the musical Hamilton. Um, right. And I honestly, guess I should announce also yeah. that I did. <laughs> many I, times. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, I did not cry watching this movie. Uh, and the reason I felt like I needed to say that now is because it was actually kind of hard for me to come up with what the cry points would be because I never really even I don't want to say like I never like I definitely responded emotionally to things like the Thomas Jefferson thing like wanting to jump out of my chair and start clapping and then like I think there are some obvious things that I can see how people would respond like Mm -hmm. um, his son's name is Philip right yeah Philip Philip's death and then Mm -hmm. obviously Hamilton's death at the end Um, yes those were the two that I was like I guess these are the two big cry points um are there others? i have a lot more <laughs> okay <laughs> wait can i say one more that i that i also wrote yeah. down the other one was uh, george washington's big farewell address yes um george and then Washington's those were the only three home. that i could come up with yeah so tell me what i yeah. missed 
Well, so I want to say real quickly about that last one, the Hamilton death thing. I think the reason why that one's so effective to me personally is the quiet. I saw an interview with um, Lin-Manuel where he was having a hard time cracking that song. And then he realized the only trick in the book I haven't used yet is quiet, which Mm -hmm. is why all the music like drops out and he use it. He like um, references all the other songs and stuff like that. And then that's pretty intense. Um, that is maybe the only quiet moment in the show, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. exactly. Um, all right, so we'll we'll just we'll just go from the top. Um, oh boy! Well, <laughs> Should yeah, I pop some popcorn first? Yeah, pop some popcorn. But before I get into this, uh, let, let's kind of refresh our listeners on what we qualify as a cry. Because okay. did you have even anything approaching a cry? No, I did not. Um, okay. Okay. I wonder if I would have if I had seen it in a theater. I think I oh maybe would have come probably, um, or yeah, probably a little bit. But no, so no physical responses from me in terms no of the physical cry response. Zone. Okay. See, see, this is where it's tricky, listeners, because I have to make Eli fully cry. So his tear, yeah. his his eyes can't well up. Uh, like I mean, they can, they can, but like that doesn't count. They'll have to count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a tear has to roll down a cheek. That that is the end goal of this mm-hmm. is for a tear to roll down his cheek. So eyes watering does not count. A tear full a cheek. So uh, w- when I go through this list, I'll let you know. You know, it's a cry point, and whether it was just eyes welling or a tear down the cheek. Um. So <laughs> the first is the end of the first song the alexander hamilton song oh it's uh, gonna take a while <laughs> <laughs> yep that was a tear down the cheek because that wow. was uh, yeah that was a power of theater moment for me which i know sounds yeah. corny as i'll get out but like whatever it was it was like wow they did it <laughs> like yeah. that's kind of how i felt and i finally saw it after you know admiring it from afar for a, for a while makes sense um, the next was Satisfied, where um, you have Angelica kind of talking about her desire to be with Hamilton, but she can't be. That performance is just so insane and so heartfelt. That was a tear down the cheek for me. Um, <laughs> the next is Wait For It, which is Aaron Burr's big song, where he is trying to figure out why Hamilton is doing better than him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot in that song that I kind of like personally relate to in a lot of ways because I'm so much of a planner and I'm always trying to like get ahead. Why am I not, etc. And the take the moment and breathe and wait for it thing has always resonated from me, even from the cast album. Yeah. So that was a tear down the cheek. Um, You're running out of cheeks. <laughs> So then uh, another cry moment was Stay Alive, which where is where um, Angelica, or no, not Angelica, Eliza is like, you know, she she wants Hamilton to not die and there's battles. I don't know. Tear down the cheek. Um, <laughs> the next is Dear Theodosia. That, that is a moment I identified that a lot of people probably cried during because it's two men talking about their children um, and how they want the best for them and the new nation that was just an eye well for me that was not a full tear down the cheek um john lawrence dying he's the first person who dies mm-hmm. played by the Anthony man who Ramos. becomes hamilton's um, son <laughs> right um that was not even a tear well up for me i just was like i think people probably cry at this live i don't know if that's true because i didn't 
but I just kind of had the sense that it's probably a tear moment. They kind of move right past that moment, don't they? It it moves a little too fast past it. Yes, I mm-hmm. don't disagree with that. Um, the next is Philip dying, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little bit of a tear well, but not um, down the cheek. Quiet Uptown, which is the song where it is two parents dealing with their grief about a dead child. That one is a moment that made me cry while listening to the cast album. No reaction watching it filmed. And this was the moment where Lynn's performance kind of detracted me. So do you Mm. remember this moment? Maybe not. (laughs) So so it's when they're like walking around and it's like, it's quiet uptown. And it's like the Hamiltons. And it's, it's the weird song where the entire chorus goes, Forgiveness. (laughs) Forgiveness. <laughs> like okay. Yes, yeah, so I remember yeah. this. <laughs> um, but it but it's when Eliza's like forgiving him and they're yeah, grieving yeah. their kid. It his performance kind of took me out in that moment. Um, so the Hamilton's death soliloquy, um, which we talked about. I also got like super, um, like chills in that moment, and then tears, and then the Eliza final song, the Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a bit of a Wikipedia page of a song, it still was pretty emotionally affecting. And then the big moment for me that I have not stopped thinking about since I like saw the show, um, because it's not on the cast album, is her gasp at the end. That was such a weird, yeah. interesting theater moment that has stayed with me and like really emotionally got me. Yeah, I th- I actually probably should have written that down because that that struck me. I was like, "Whoa, that's a weird way to end this." Like, right, right, because Hamilton is such like a popcorn blockbuster musical, mm-hmm. and that is a profoundly weird yeah. way to end something. And I remember seeing like I feel like I've seen people post like Instagram pictures of them with tears streaming down their face, like in the theater they've just watched Hamilton, and I was like, "Why?" Like all through the movie, I was like, "Why is this? How how is this doing this to people?" And then that, right. like, I think that could have been the thing that like opened right. the floodgates for people right at the end there. Because yeah, it's it's just kind of like a punch to the heart, and like mm-hmm. you don't really know what it means. There's a lot of debate around what that gasp means. Yeah. Um. Wh- what do you think it means? I think she saw a big spider. <laughs> just a spider rolls across yeah. the every like all six performances that they filmed to splice it together yeah. they couldn't get a take without that spider running by well she did it the first time and then uh, they're like well that like, worked <laughs> like, people responded yeah, like, to that can you do that something about this yeah um yeah the takes are normally like she she sees hamilton from like in the afterlife and her son or it is she's like it's a Brechtian break the fourth wall moment and the whole song is about living, dying, telling your story and she has realized that her and Hamilton's story has been told and she's seeing the audience and that's what the gasp is for. Uh, I like the first one better. <laughs> I, that that's is dumb interesting. to me. <laughs> I, I d- see, the first one seems easy. Like it seems like an easy and obvious one to me. I don't so know I that I love like the, the first one. one. I just yeah the idea of it being her seeing the audience is is very silly to me. Yeah, it's theater know. though, baby. It's art. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, which I don't know. That's not a defense of anything. That's just when I don't know how to defend yeah. it, what I say. I just I, I, I think what's most interesting is you don't know. Like I yeah. think that's what's powerful about that moment. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so I cried, obviously. <laughs> I cried quite a bit. Yeah. Um you know, and that that's 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 how the show works is is I cry. I think that this um You did not cry. I did not cry. I feel like it was just so much happens in this and it moves so so quickly and I never really felt like there was a moment for me to cry. Like I I understood that there was things happening in the story that mm-hmm. could have made that happen, but there's never any room for anything to breathe really and that that sounds like a criticism i don't mean it that way i very much enjoyed it but that's it didn't make me feel emotional because it was more of a history lesson for me like i learned about a lot about this guy and i really enjoyed the the songs that have a lot of like historical content in them where i could go back and listen and probably learn a lot if i would like pause every once in a while but to me this wasn't an emotional trip of a musical but i know that it is for a lot of people so interesting yeah it it very much is for me um that that's a good thing to know of the like it's moving so fast you need moments to breathe Mm -hmm. that's something i'll tuck away for for later um i am i mean i don't know i i guess having room to breathe really does let you sit in emotional moments. I, I definitely do agree with that, but I yeah. can also think of many, many times where things are just like rushing through and it still has like devastated me. I mean, it's all the animated movies I cry at or commercials or YouTube videos or <laughs> whatever <laughs> that are more short form. I've not cried at a TikTok yet. I guess that's my final frontier mm. is crying at a TikTok. Oh, what if that's what does it for me? <laughs> if you if you cry at a TikTok, I don't know that we tell anybody. <laughs> I won't tell anyone if that happens. Oh, um, but you didn't cry, so that obviously means you hated the movie, right? No, I liked it. I thought it was very good. Yeah, I feel like I've said all the reasons I liked it. I think it's a very good yeah, musical, you did. You did. and I think it's in terms of uh, capturing a live performance. It, it is maybe the best I've ever seen, and I hope that we see more things like it with other musicals. Yep. yep. I could not have said it better myself. I loved it, obviously, and I want every every theater production streamed to my house so I can, uh, you know, cry at people walking around on the stage. Yeah. Theater is more than that. That's that's the dismissive no, way to talk about theater. It's people walking around the stage. <laughs> it's people walking around on stage. Um, so we liked it. I think it's time to check in whether other people liked it. And mm-hmm. so let's check what people are saying on Letterboxd and uh, also our producer reviews. Mm. I, hey, I checked online and I don't think anyone else likes Hamilton. I think it, look, we do try to be, you know, indie film boys where we don't talk about like blockbusters or any big things, and yeah, so Hamilton has not been seen by that many people. I, th- I it's it's pretty underground, and uh, you know, we're hoping us doing this podcast, more people will go see it, uh, yeah. go seek it out, check it out for you know, sure. I just wish somebody would have a take on it, like just some kind of take, <laughs> some mm-hmm. kind of take. Um, Definitely worth your time. 
Um, we, we did manage to find a few people online talking about it. Um, so there was Georgie on Letterboxd who gave it four and a half stars who said, y'all, Jonathan Grass's performance as King George III was so unhinged that he fully inadvertently spit all over his entire chin, huh? That's called range, baby. That's called committing to the bit of only being on stage for nine minutes in the whole show, baby. Yeah, um... <sighs> Jonathan Groff was fantastic, and yeah. it did strike me how little he was on stage and how much I loved every time he was on stage. That dude can just stand there and sing, and it's fun to watch somehow. However, yeah. I have to go against the grain and say that the chin dribbling is bad and gross, and I did not <laughs> like to see it. I wish well, it had you, not happened. You famously are anti-face mo- moisture um, of all kinds. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually confused there for a second, and then I realized that is what the show's yeah. about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, um, moisture should not be on faces. <laughs> just period. Um, I love it. I th- I have seen Jonathan Groff in a few things, and I always am like, I wish I saw Jonathan Groff in more things. It, it like, I to this day remain furious that they cast Jonathan Groff of Spring Awakening and he was in Glee a lot and we know he can sing very well. They cast him in the first Frozen and his song <laughs> is a 30 minute or a 30 second song where he's a reindeer for 20 seconds of the 30 second song. It's a good song. Infuriating. It is a great song and he gets a good song in two, but it's like, just yeah. give him something else where he can sing all the time, please. Yeah. Just keep his chin dry though. If you don't mind. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, So Chloe on Letterboxd gave it five stars and called it Theater Kids Avengers Endgame, which I thought was fun. Fair. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty fair. Dawson gave it four stars and said... (laughs) You know, this is a what we call in the biz a callback. Um, whole ensemble spitting bars while Jonathan Groff is spitting all over the front row. Ugh. So again, <laughs> the spit. That is something we do not love to see. <laughs> so here, here is uh, kind of the only negative take I could find online about it. The only, like, criticism I could find of it, period. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Sonny, who gave it h- half a star. And said, doo doo asshole. <laughs> so sp- speak on that, Eli. <laughs> Sonny is entitled to Sonny's opinion. Um, I agree if we're talking about Jonathan Groff's chin. Um, <laughs> and that only. Oh, man. Um, okay, so now it's time for the producer reviews. We call the co-hosts of our other shows producers, even though they have m- minimal to nothing to do with we don't show. do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Chad posted on the Best Picture feed. that he, he is the one who does stuff. But they do send us in their takes every month. And here are the takes. Mark Watlington of Best Pictures gave it four stars and said, I don't know if I've ever really been emotionally moved by theater, which, you know, infuriated me. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most insane thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I know. He said, nothing against the medium, mostly just not having much experience with it. (laughs) But it's I was in musicals with you in high school, Mark. (laughs) Why are you just telling lies? You don't think he cried at Music Man? I don't think he did. What what other shows were Mark in? Um, <laughs> I think he I was in. A, 
I was only in in two of them, but I think he was in one all four years. He was in Crazy for You. He was in Fiddler on the. Was he in Fiddler? I don't remember. I th- uh, feel like Fiddler is something I've heard about, but I also listen to you talk to Clint yeah, yeah. Uh, every two weeks, so I don't know. Yeah, um, and then he was in Peter Pan with me, and he was in Music Man with me. Right. So. Gotcha. Uh, well, Fiddler's well, an emotional he, musical. He, that should have made him cry. I need to cry. see Fiddler. I need to see Fiddler. I have not, ever. Oh, I don't know anything about Fiddler other that than Tevye's in it. There is a movie version. Have you ever seen the movie version? Yeah, I think I have. I think it's pretty good. Um, okay, we may there add it to our long list. Yeah, not not the um, next one because we just did a musical. <laughs> yeah, we just did a musical. Um, so, but um, and Mark continues. But this is good. I like the rapping. <laughs> I Wish hate they had spent Mark. <laughs> <laughs> we love Mark, but we do hate him often. Yeah. Um, he, well, this is not, I don't know if this is going to make you happier. He said, wish they had spent more time on the politics. Uh, is he being serious or not? I can't Yes, tell. dead serious. I okay. know Mark. He, 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 he loves wants political it to be stuff. Phantom Menace. <laughs> yes. Um, which I, I like Mark often do like things that really get into like political nitty gritty stuff, but it's like, this is sort of what this musical is about, but this musical is more about a, a creative, if that makes sense. Like I think that's what the musical thinks it's about. I don't interesting. necessarily resonate with the character of Alexander Hamilton the way I feel like the musical wants me to. And I, I also, like hmm. like Mark, find the history very interesting. But like The history is very interesting. I kept hearing people talk about how, like, oh, it's the unheard story of Alexander Hamilton. Like, they didn't tell you about this in school. But the things I knew about Alexander Hamilton at school was he was the first secretary of the treasury guy or whatever. He was like BFFs with George Washington. He wasn't the president. And then he got shot by Aaron Burr. I knew all that, like from school. So I was like, what is the untold story? I'm not really sure. It's basically his relationships, you know, with Eliza and then Angelica. And I, I think what's kind of interesting about it is it really wants you to identify with him in the first and kind of understand his struggle. But to me, I really think the second act, and I think it does a good job at it, it still makes you feel sympathy for him while at the same time being like, he is torpedo. Not going to try and say that word because I realized I was saying it bad. He is completely <laughs> destru- destroying his life. He is yeah. actively making every bad decision based on pride. And I mean, that's the whole, you know, a, Eliza and Angelica call him Icarus in a song. Like, you know, it is that whole thing. Um, He also compares himself to Macbeth. You know, he's kind Mm -hmm. of got these ideas of grandeur once it gets to a certain level, and that's kind of his downfall. Um, That's all fair. It it makes me wonder if you could spin any historical figure to to romanticize their story in that way. Um, oh, I absolutely think you could. I think this is the book that came across. Sure. Le so maybe that's um, maybe that's what's interesting about it. But right, I uh, from 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 what I know, he really identified with um, Hamilton being one of the immigrant founding fathers, one of yeah. the only. The rest had been in the U.S. for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really identified with that, and then his kind of workhorse nature of like the why do you write like you're running out of time i mean the the musical becomes about someone who is work obsessed and a workaholic and doesn't spend enough time with their family you know like it becomes that um 
But, um, yeah. So, back to producer reviews. We have Chad, Chad. Oliver, from the Best Pictures podcast, um, who gave it three and a half stars. He said, when watching Hamilton, I found that the more Lin-Manuel Miranda pretended to cry, the further I came away from crying. Um, We kind of talked about that a little bit. Uh, Um. I don't agree or Which disagree don't with that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Clint, um, which it's arguable that he even saw the movie because he did not log it on <laughs> Letterboxd, which means yeah. I don't have it. I, I, I don't have a star ranking of what he thought of it. So maybe he's just making this up. Who really knows? Um, but Clint, um, uh, Clint Page, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I remember his last name, Eastwood? but I got it. Um, Clint Eastwood, Clint Page from uh, Purely Nostalgia, didn't give it any stars, but said, I could understand how someone could feel emotional about this. However, at the end of this, I just felt exhausted. They give 100% the entire time, and that is just way too much for this boy. Um, Which you were kind of saying that you kind of feel in ways. Yeah, I don't know that I would say I felt exhausted, but I think the reason I didn't feel emotional was because it was moving forward at such a breakneck pace the whole time and the energy is so high the whole time i don't disagree with that i i I think he's right it is breakneck and it uh, you know it could be challenging to get emotionally invested i disagree that giving 100 percent is too much because i'm like i want them to do good i think i understand what he's saying yeah i I think he means the energy level (laughs) (laughs) right right it's it's always up here and there's no fluctuating don't try so hard next time Yeah, that's not Nothing what matters. actually means. <laughs> just like, come on. Just like, pretend it's a Sunday matinee. Like, you know, take yeah. it a little easy. Um, so thanks, as always, for our producers for uh, weighing in. And thanks for the anonymous letterbox who posts to a public platform so I can jack your reviews <laughs> and read them on our podcast. Mm. Um, so it's time to wrap things up. Where can people find you, Eli? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Elisha P. Smith, and uh, it's the same for Letterboxd. And you can also listen to my podcast, Purely Nostalgia. Uh, it's also at Purely Nostalgia on Twitter. Um, and uh, you might already be listening to it right now because it might be on your feed. <laughs> right. Um, you can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter. You can find me at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd. Uh, you can find my show, Best Pictures, wherever you find any podcast. Um, or you maybe are listening to it right now because this is the feed you have chosen. Um, you can um, find the show at We Pick Picks on Twitter. So, Eli, did you live and let cry? I lived, but I did not let cry. Did you live and let cry? Mm. I lived... And I let cried. <laughs> so, until next wow. time, we urge you to. Live and let cry.